Welcome to the DKC Podcast. Hope everybody's doing okay these days. You know, every day is a loop and it doesn't really matter what day it is. It could be a Monday, a Friday, <laughs> Christmas, Easter. It doesn't matter what day it is. It's all the same. It's going in one big loop. Uh, this week in our home studios, everyone has a home studio these days. We've got John and Allison and Aaron, and we're going to talk about our perfect opera season. So I'm curious to hear what people people are thinking about um, on this one. So uh, anyway, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. And honestly, we just hope everybody's doing okay during this event and that everybody can enjoy, you know, a nice little light banter. Okay. Um, so let's get into the perfect opera season. Who wants to start talking about their perfect opera season? I just want to say before we get into it, we're going to have a lot of opinions tonight, Megan, like a lot of opinions. <laughs> And I think those opinions aren't going to, like, mix with other people's opinions. Because right. I got opinions. But mm-hmm. I don't want to go first. So I think someone else should. <laughs> yeah, but even if they don't mix with other people's opinions, I mean, there are opinions. Therefore, they're right. And that's what's important. <laughs> True. That's what I tell my students. So absolutely. Exactly. The most, the most important thing for you to be is is right. Well, yeah. I, will, I will start. Why not? Okay. Because I'm not an opera buff. Allison Dixon, I'm not an opera buff or anything. Uh, I haven't seen too many operas in my life. So I'm just going to go with the ones that I've seen and that have really, that really caught me by the heartstrings, which are mostly tragedies. The perfect opera season for me would be Fawcett, uh, Porgy and Bess, Peter Grimes, and Turn of the Screw. So... so- can I ask you? No, I'm just curious. Like, I get, okay, so I get, like, they're united by tragedy. But what else are you attracted to in these operas? Is it, like, musical style? Is it, like, characters? Is it yeah. just, like, what else, like, gets you going about these operas? Yeah. Well, with Porgy and Bess, it's the jazz music. Mm-hmm. I love listening to the soundtrack. I've played a lot of brass quintet music from Porgy and Bess. Honestly, I, I think this is maybe taboo to say, but I kind of like English opera. It's not that I, I don't want to read subtitles. <laughs> it's not that I don't want to read subtitles or anything because I've watched, you know, I watch foreign shows all the time. But there's something that I'm just drawn to the English style of writing, Britain's writing. And when I saw uh, Turn of the Screw back when I was in graduate school and also when I saw it here at UKC, I just love the way it sounded. Also, like the weirdness and the contemporary, and it's not so much because it's not new music. It was made, you know, 60 years ago, Aaron. We were just talking about that with Schenker. <laughs> just the... I don't know the it's not Italian opera and I don't mind Italian opera. I think they're awesome and and amazing. Please don't flame me on Twitter or (laughs) Facebook for this, but I love that. I don't know that, that grinding that sounds that they have. Uh, is something I I love German. I love the way German sounds. Um, So that's, that's probably, those are my picks just because I'm, I've seen those operas and I really like them out of all the operas that I've seen, which are not too many. Do you hate, do you hate them all? Do you hate English opera? Me? (laughs) (laughs) I study England, man. No. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I want to hear from Aaron and John about this. So I am not, I am not the biggest Britain fan. And I know that talk about flaming me on Twitter. Good thing I'm not on Twitter. Ha ha ha. Caught you. Um, Because I know people are going to have like really big issues with that. I like Peter Grimes. It's pretty good. Um, Turn of the Screw is fine. I guess. I don't know. They just don't really do it for me. I think they're just like 
I don't know. I don't know what it is. There's just something about his his musical style that just doesn't do it for me. But I'm totally on board for Vatsek and Porgy and Bess. Oh, you like I don't know. Oh, Vatsek. yeah. That's on my, all of my lists. How, yeah, could yeah, yeah. Not, cool. how could you not love Vatsek? It is the best. But it's... I'm kind of on the I'm I'm kind of with you with Britain and I'm kind of with like not with you because I love I mean I love the musical style I, I really 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 do but the subject matter also kind of like gets to me because I don't know it's not the happiest of all the things um but I think that Peter Grimes has some of the best orchestration period uh mm-hmm. I like really think Britain was a was a very very fantastic or or a fantastic orchestrator. John, what about you? What do you think? Um, I'm I'm gonna go with Turn of the Screw is my favorite Britain opera, which might be a weird statement, but uh, yeah, I love Turn of the Screw. Peter Grimes, I think I'm just tired of it. It's <laughs> it is a good opera, but it is yeah. done the most of all of them. Well, one one thing I find interesting about your list is that all four of these operas are, are about outsiders. Yes. And they deal with that subject. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. sorry, here's my like crazy academic brain thinking. Well, we got te- teacher mode coming out. That's right. Here. Teacher mode here. <laughs> now everybody. No, but it's really interesting because I I mean for me in Vatsek, that's the thing that I love about that story is like there's this poor guy who can't catch a break and everybody is like abusing him and then yes he goes and does this horrible thing but is it really his fault and kind of that's the same story in peter grimes too in its own i mean he's kind of well i don't know maybe he's not a worse person like maybe they're kind of they're like anti-heroes in that kind of way so i don't know yeah. anyway it's very interesting very interesting yeah, i feel yeah. like you can see into your soul megan no, really. <laughs> That's what I'm going through right now with the quarantine. No, I, I've just, I, I have just been drawn to these characters that, yeah, you're right, they are outsiders, especially something like Porgy and Bess, which mm-hmm. I've been teaching to my seventh and eighth grade students. So kind of watching that opera all over again and seeing Porgy be like this disheveled, you know, not very physical man, um, you know, loving this woman who... It's not out of his league or anything, but I think that's how the townspeople feel about him. I think ultimately that may be how she feels about him because she leaves in the end. So these tragedies really get me. And uh, I'm open to listening to more operas that you guys have listened to because I am not the opera buff. So let's let's turn to Aaron. Aaron, let me hear your picks. All right. I'm going to cop out on one of them because I don't because I, I went more. So when I in doing my picks. I sort of asked myself, like, what do I want to see in four operas? If I had four operas, like, what are the types of things I would want to see? Um, so I had to keep one one of my, like, I think my all-time favorite opera has got to be Salome. Um, I just really dig Strauss a lot. It's either that or... You're a dark. You're a dark. Yeah, person. that's a sick one. That's really dark. You were that's a super sick, dark. Sick but, it's so, but it's so pretty. It's so disgusting and so disturbing. I love every minute of it. Like, especially. Yeah. Did, did you ever see the like? Did you ever see the, the? There's a good Met broadcast, or like, the, or there's a Met um, production that that they did a few years ago, and like, I remember the um, I remember the publicity photo uh, of, of Zalame just like sitting there with the with the head and she's covered in blood in this like almost transparent dress and i was like oh it's so evocative i just love it it's great 
I, I mean, like, maybe, maybe my wife should just, like, be careful as we go into the quarantine now that, like, this is, like, a thing that I would <laughs> I mean, too, I don't know. But um, no, I think probably either that or like, I, I, I really wanted to do, like, I'm a 19th century scholar for a reason. I love, like, particularly 19th century music. So I'd want, I'd want either like Strauss Salome or maybe even like, I really like Trovatore, even though I know that's not everyone's favorite Verdi. Um, I like how just kind of off the wall it is and bizarre. And plus, there's a, there's a witch that like steals babies. It's great. <laughs> um second one i'd probably i the second type of uh opera for me um also 19th century i really like and i'm probably going to be mispronouncing this but fyrdo's Cin uh, cinderella i i really dig that opera i like, like really like her that i've been listening to it recently because i, I um I, my voice colleague introduced it to me when i was trying to find uh actually 19th century it, it, examples of 19th century music by women for my classes and I was just I love 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 the I love the lush orchestration I really 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 like um just everything about her music um wait could who who composed that sorry I didn't hear the name yeah who was that fear is it Fierdo? oh Polly Viardo yeah 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 oh right you said there was Viardo in your list you that's right yeah mm -hmm. yeah um, I really like her, 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 that opera. It's really good. Um, probably also Monteverdi's L'Orfeo. One of two times I've ever cried at the opera was, mm. uh, was watching, uh, watching, uh, Apollo's Fire doing that. Ah, oh, so good. Oh my God. I just want to die every time I listen to them. Um, and so like that has just, that was also my, it was my first opera and it, and it was still one of the only times I've ever cried. Actually, it is the only opera I've ever cried at. I cried at the Fantastics, too. Uh, but that's not an opera. That's a musical. Well, I have to say, if Orfeo, Orfeo was your first opera. Yeah. And you still like opera? Oh, I love it. <laughs> no, I mean, I love I love L'Orfeo. It's amazing. But, like, that's an acquired taste. Like, that's oh. like a, you gotta, like, I don't, that's just, see, I can see into your soul. You're a good soul, despite the revealing podcast. Crazy, but. Yeah, I almost I really wanted to do a, a dissertation on Monteverdi actually. And oh. I know. And then I was like, yeah, that's too hard. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, agreed. <laughs> I copped out. And then and then honestly, I want I I kind of did the opposite with my last pick, which is I didn't pick one. I want to do an opera that was I would I would choose an opera that was written like in the last year or two. Mm -hmm. Um I personally really like opera seasons um that have operas that i haven't seen uh and so i would leave one open for an uh, for something that was written today something that i haven't seen i don't even care if i'm going to like it i just want to see something new yeah rock on i can get behind that are those performed very often though like do do do, do people actually i don't i don't know like do they actually perform new operas are there many coming out yeah that's like the kansas city lyric was going to do steve jobs that was written in the last couple of years Oh, um, and the shining. Oh. And the shining. Yeah, I remember we we maybe had a conversation about that. I had a conversation about that with somebody about the Steve Jobs opera. I wonder if that's any good. Who did that one? Let me look it up. It, it's supposed to be um it's supposed to be amazing. Like both both operas were supposed to be really really great. I I missed I missed the shining. Um but We all missed the shining. It was canceled. Oh yeah, am I am I missing It was up? like supposed to be right now. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm totally. See, this is what quarantine does to me: is it makes me forget what what day it is now versus if tomorrow is today. Um, yes, it doesn't matter, Aaron. You know that, right? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what day it is. But but I heard amazing things. Uh, I heard amazing things about about both both operas actually. Mm. Okay, I don't know. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit skeptical because all the movies I've seen about Steve Jobs are have been a little bit have been not good. You didn't like Ashton Kutcher as Steve Jobs? I didn't like that one. And then Excuse I. Excuse me, Michael Fassbender? I didn't, you know, I haven't seen the Michael Fassbender I, one. I, I probably should watch that one. It's that Aaron, one didn't Aaron Sorkin do the, the screenplay for that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How could that possibly be bad? He's the best. Okay. Okay. I'll put it on my list. We'll see. We'll see. I, do, I think it's on Netflix or something right now. It's on some it platform. I have all the streaming platforms, okay? You don't have to Okay. All right. I, I got it. They're yeah. bad. You're prepared. You're prepared. I'm prepared. I'm prepared for this quarantine. Okay. Aaron, any other picks from you? No, but I, I will say that that Vatsek was actually going to... I, I subbed in Lorfeo for for Vatsek. Vatsek okay. was on my original list. Okay. I'm glad we agree. Okay. Can I go last? Could I go last? John, you get to go next. That's, yes, of course. That's fine. <laughs> that's totally fine. So when I thought about this, uh, my programming brain, as in musical programming brain, got in the gear, and I started thinking, I want something old, something new, something borrowed. not done often. Well, not everything's borrowed. Uh, something not done too often. Something local, which there's not a lot of opera companies that do local. Uh, Houston Grand is one of the few I know that specifically commissions pieces that are supposed to be uh, locally based somehow. Mm. Um, and I wanted diversity in every sense of diversity because, let's be honest, too many opera seasons end up being romantic, heavy, stylistically. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that led me into some strange places, and it was very hard for me to come up with four. In fact, I didn't. Uh, I didn't even try. <laughs> Wow. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't even. I I started to, and then things went crazy. Uh, but I also wanted something big, something just opulently huge, um, and then something small. Wait. So, what so, are your categories again? I have to write these down. Yeah, there's too many. So, well, they they overlap. They you know they can always so something old and something new, mm-hmm. something local something uh big something small <laughs> um and diversity in general just all forms of diversity you can think of so it's six six factors in my head um so for local obviously i can't pick something local i'll say in kansas city there's a there's many composers here who have written uh Operas. I mean, there's a composer in town who won a Pulitzer for an opera. So, and it hasn't been performed locally. Who? Jo Long. Jo Long. He he won for Madame Whitesnake. Yeah. One of the composition faculty members at UMKC. Yeah, he's at UMKC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did um, he win, John? Do you remember? It was like 2011, 2012. Uh, I should remember. I was studying with him at the time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I, it it had to be twenty twenty twelve. Okay. Um, right. 
Wait, well, I'll just I do a shout out right now. You'll find out when you listen to David Thurmeyer and Andrew Grenade's podcast, Hearing the Pulitzers. Okay, there's my little plug for that. All right. plug for them. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good podcast. It's, you should listen to it. It is a good it. podcast. It is a good podcast. It was 2011. Okay. So you haven't filled these in. There's like, I mean, is there one opera that you could see fulfilling some of those categories besides the local one? Oh, oh yeah. I have operas that fulfill things. So um, when I think big, the thing that pops into my head uh, is Boato's Mephistophele. Oh, good God. <laughs> which I know I was like, we should avoid romantic because whatever, but that thing is over-the-top opulent. The other one that fits that category for me is Le Troyen, which by Berlioz, which, again, when I think grand opera, it kind of has to be the romantic grand operas. There's nothing else that is you don't, the love. You don't think Wagner at all? I think Wagner, but I... You should do the whole ring cycle in one sitting. Oh, my God, yes. That's something you do I, in quarantine. <laughs> I mean, we've got several recordings, right? Um, but so a lot of the other stuff, it gets kind of weird. So <laughs> there is an opera that's not very long and not very large that I really, really want to see live. It's called Antichrist, the Antichrist by oh Rude Langard, oh, who's uh, a Danish composer who had a large chip on his shoulder. He's same time period as Nielsen. Oh, heck Always yeah. Always felt like there was a Nielsen shadow. Just hated Nielsen. Wrote a piece making fun of Nielsen. Like, oh, uh, and this opera is just crazy. It is absolutely batshit. I can't even describe it another way. Wait, what's uh, it called again? Antichrist. 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 Yeah, with a K. And it's sung in Danish? I think it's something it mostly must... in Latin. Okay. Oh, so is that even an opera? Oh, is it an, an oratorio? Opera. <laughs> it's an opera. It's staged. It's opera. Oh, oh I see. It's on um it's on YouTube. Oh, it oh it looks crazy. Oh my god, it's, it looks it's, crazy. It's, it looks so insane. <laughs> it, there's been like one recording of it. And the the one like video recording of it's completely insane. Um, they actually, I think UMKC Library has it among some others. It's fantastic. Um, so that's one I want to see more than anything in the world done because it's crazy. Okay. Um, I would love to see Four Saints and Three Acts by Virgil Thompson. That's local. He's local. He is, he is kind of local to Casey. Um, yeah. So that could be fun for the Casey lyric. It, I act, I like that opera. I've never seen it. I have never seen a video recording of it. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Um, I've only been able to listen to it. Um, and librettos by uh, Gertrude Stein. Yeah. So that's that's a fun one. Um, I'd really, really love to see an opera by either Libby Larson or Thea Musgrave. They've both written multiple operas and i never see them programmed anywhere which i'm i'm more surprised by not seeing libby larson than i am theo musgrave just because libby larson is a little bit more well known than theo musgrave which is sad i actually like theo musgrave's music a lot um so 
one of I think between the two of them they've got like ten operas. So pick one. I don't care which. Uh, <laughs> and then I want one opera by one of the just the the new complexity crazies. I nope. want either Ferdy nope. Ho Shadow Time. Nobody, oh, nobody six. wants that. No one Literally, wants, nobody yeah. wants that to happen. Literally, that. Or, no. Or, or come on, let's. We could do Punch and Judy. No, nope. come on. Wants these things. No one, nobody. No one wants these. Punch no and Judy's great. I love that opera. Uh, you're really thinking out of the box. I thought this was going to be like a nice, quaint conversation about some Italian operas, you know, a little no, bit actually, of No, not with this crowd. Now that Fernie Ho's out of the box. Geez, yeah, geez. thanks a lot. God, what are you doing hey, to us? Yeah, I heard of these I'm people. with you until then. Megan, don't look it up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Shadow Time is just great. Don't. Well, just don't. I'm good. Shadow Time is special. <laughs> Talk about Save acquired that. taste. I don't even know if I've ever... I've tried acquiring Fernie Ho, and it just hasn't happened yeah i have my students listen to fernie ho when i want them to laugh and be afraid at the same time <laughs> oh, come then, then then let's just go with burt whistles punch and judy come on no no that's worse yeah I, that is worse. i'd rather listen i'd rather listen i'd rather listen to fernie ho than burt whistle that's totally worse i'm so do you think it's something that uh seventh and eighth graders can listen to is this something that um i don't I, think it would be appropriate at a Catholic think, school, really, though? I think, well, definitely not Punch and Judy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they should so. not listen to that. I Probably think, not I think Punchy they would Priest, like either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, I want to expose you to some new opera. <laughs> hey, guys. Oh, yeah. the puppet show. What is this? Cute. Yeah, Punch and oh, Judy. Boy. And then I guess the other one, if I had to pick one more opera in the world, is XXX Live New Girls by Jennifer Walsh. Which is which live, is an that's actual not a live opera. Though. That's not a live it's opera. It's performed though. live. It's performed it is? live. Oh, yeah, okay. it's performed live, and that is a puppet opera. It is done with uh, Barbie dolls and Ken dolls, and there is no actual words. It's all extended vocal techniques, and <laughs> it's it's amazing. I think the whole thing's on YouTube. Um, go watch it. Oh wait, it's are you amazing. sure I'm not gonna get a different thing if I look up look it up on? Yeah, YouTube? I would look I, up the composer's name. That's what yeah. I would look up. <laughs> Jennifer Walsh with an e on the end of Walsh. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, start with that. I just can't Don't use that. Com- I just can't use that computer for this. I have like a different one that I use. But what is yeah. it called? Jennifer what? What? Jennifer Walsh. Okay. W a l s h e. Gotcha. I'll have to actually check that out. I haven't found any puppet operas or like anything of that of in that genre that i've actually enjoyed um no i don't know why mm. well this well, one you, know, you might it's weird it's pretty weird i'm okay well, with weird. um this is very interesting to me i mean we've got john having all of these really random like crazy outside of the box things We've got Aaron doing some classics, but mixed in with some like, like Viardo's Cinderella, which nobody performs, I don't think, right? It's super good. I know, I know. And then we've got Megan with her like love for English opera. It's pretty good. <laughs> well, that was so. Um, okay, my, Allison. My 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 picks were very similar. Like my, I started the same way, the same way John did, where I was like, I want some, I want some sort of diversity in in, in any sense. I want some sort of like thing that uh, like guilty pleasure. I, I 
So that's with me with like Salome. I want something that's not played as much, but I but is also super good. So I like almost threw in Tempest or Addis's Tempest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wanted something like today. Like I started with category. It's a similar sort of idea. Yeah, no, fair enough. Okay, Allison, bring us back down to earth. Bring <laughs> okay. us all back well, down. I don't know if that's going to happen. Picks. Okay. <laughs> um, can you all hear me? Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Sorry, my picture's frozen. That's why I was asking. You can cut that part out. Okay, so um, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about it by theme. And I was like, okay. The things that I don't like about opera are when the whim- the female characters are passive and like either don't factor into the drama and it's all about the dudes or they die of some horrible tragic death because they're just boring and that's all they're good for. Sorry, Puccini, you are not on this list. Sorry, much of Verdi, you are also not on this list. Understandable. <laughs> um, So I was like, well, what would a great opera season be if it was built around the theme of like powerful women? And so, yes, I, I, I have more than four, but I kind of like want you guys to weigh in on this because these are the ones I thought of as applying to this, except some of these are non-negotiable. So you cannot weigh in on those. (laughs) Sorry. Um, The first one, do you what? Do Do we have to guess which ones are non-negotiable? No, because it'll be very, well, maybe, sure, actually, some of them might not be, but the first one is uh, Monteverdi's L'Incoronazione di Popea. It is truly the greatest opera ever written because what Monteverdi could do with a vocal line and a bass line and literally nothing else is so dramatic and so sexy and so amazing. And then, you know, everybody else had to use a full orchestra. So I think it's pretty awesome. But of course, we have Popea who's like you know, machinating behind the scenes. That's not a word. And like trying to make things work out in her favor and like manipulating everybody. It's amazing. Number two, move ahead to the 18th century. Ronaldo, Armida, the most powerful sorceress, singing some crazy stuff. It's amazing. Handles the best. I love that opera. Mm-hmm. Definitely non-negotiable. Now we move ahead to the 19th century. This is hard for me. I don't like the 19th century. I don't <laughs> I don't like what it represents. I don't like the emo-ness. I don't like the bigness and the loudness. It's so horrible in every way. And it destroyed it's too loud. It destroyed human culture. It is too loud. Thank you. Oh, says the, says the trumpet player. <laughs> right. But if I'm thinking about and also it's actually really hard to like, at least when I was thinking about it, I was like, who are these powerful women in the 19th century? I was like, okay, we have Fidelio. Not my favorite opera. Like some good moments. But there's some good moments. And Lenore is a very like powerful woman, right? Mm-hmm. She goes and she rescues what's his name? His name now I can't remember. But in any case, I was like, okay, Fidelio's one. It was like Eugene O'Negan, right? Because at the end, okay, number one, this is my f- hey now, hey now. Aaron's oh, making a face. face. Look at Aaron's face. <laughs> no. <laughs> She is um, she is incredibly powerful because at the end she rejects Eugene, right? She says no to him, even though she's still in love with him. And she is able to say that, make that choice and stay with her husband. Power. Look, late 19th century, you got to grasp at straws, okay? <laughs> with the she power accepts, of woman thing. 
she accepts the perfect love of Prince Gremin. That's right. That's what she does. And which then, is the follow-up opera I'm going to write someday. Oh, boy. And then I was like, well, I don't want to do the whole ring cycle, but Brynhild is a powerful female character. Should we do Die Valkyrie? Should we do Gutter Demeron? I feel like you could do either of those. Out of very much out of context, but powerful women. And then moving into the 20th century, I was thinking Der Rosen Cavalier. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I love that. Right? So mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I mean, that's good a Strauss opera I can get behind. And then <laughs> Manisha. Sorry? You didn't want to do Electra? No, I don't. I, no, I love Der Rosen Cavalier, probably because it's like very 18th century. Um, Tree Manisha by Scott Joplin, which is, do you know that it's so Ooh, good? Okay. It's really good. No, what is this? Is it a yeah. rag time? It has no. rag time elements in it. Yes, it does, Megan. But um, no, it's about um, an African-American woman who actually becomes educated and then ends up sort of like rescuing the people sort of situation. I was wow. Like, that, that could be kind of good and it's never performed. Cool. And then, I don't know, then I put Little Women on the list, even though I don't like it that much. But I was like, that's an opera about women that's recent, so it'll go on the list. I know it's horrible, but um, (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, mix and match. Like, I feel like those are all solid choices, you guys. So, I don't know. I'm definitely going to agree with you with the the Rose de Rosa Cavalier, for sure. That is, that's one of my favorite Strauss ones. This tree, Manisha, I'm curious about it. I'll have to watch this one. I've I've been we've been having like a whole opera section for my students at school. And like I said, I picked like I picked a Magic Flute, Porgy and Bass, some standards, but this Tree Manisha I've never even heard of. And I've been we've been studying Scott Joplin too. I think there's only one, maybe two recordings of it. It's just not performed that often. And I don't know why. I don't know if that's an issue of casting or whatever it may be, but I mean if you can you can you can try like it's pretty good so i don't know there's there's something else with it too there's like it wasn't quite complete like the orchestration wasn't complete i have to look it up again there was something else with it um on why it wasn't being done well people complete art of the fugue they can complete that (laughs) yeah there is there was there was a group that did can like do the whole thing and it was a big deal and it wasn't that long ago. Not every completion is always is always worth it. I mean, like even even like Stravinsky's little uh, little opera, The Nightingale. Like he he completed it himself, and the first act's like awesome, but the I don't know, a lot of two acts are me. Now, do you all agree that Pepea is the yeah. best opera? Because I feel like you do. So thank you. Great. Cool. Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> if I had to like watch one opera the rest of my life, I would cheat and say that I would watch the whole ring cycle over and over and over again. Really? I, 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 I know like it's my like guiltiest pleasure, but I like love Wagner. I know I do too. It's a really guilty. I feel very guilty about it. Oh, but yeah. very, very, very guilty. But uh, gosh, like that is like, I, know. It, I, I still dream. I saw, um, Bryn Turfel do Flying Dutchman once, and I was just it, like him, him and Nina Stemma, and I was just like, oh my god, this is all I ever want for the rest of my life. But look, I feel like okay, so I know we're talking ideal opera season. I get that, and I get like we could do whatever we want in our own made up fantasy land. But what if we had to make money on this? 
that was actually part of mine. Oh, yeah. No, that was actually part of mine. My, 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 like, I, like, know that my my guilty pleasure, like, uh, secret love operas are the ones that usually make money. With the exception I hate right. Pacini. I, if I don't listen to Pacini again the rest of my life, I'll be pretty happy. You and well, Joseph Herman. Yeah. In, in that case, we have to throw in some, you know, more romantic. I'd have to throw in some more romantic opera in mine, for sure. That's what people want to see. I don't think people want to see too much Britain, too much English opera. But, yeah, you'd have to throw in this couple standards. Well, then, in that case, Megan, which would you replace, Peter Grimes or Turn of the Screw? Um, I think I would replace Peter Grimes, and I would replace it with something like Tosca. Okay. <laughs> it's a crowd pleaser. It's a crowd pleaser. <laughs> Look, Aaron, it's a crowd pleaser. Look. I know, except that, that was like, that's the reason my wife won't go to the opera with me anymore, is because I took her to see Tosca, and, then she, <laughs> and she won't go, and she's like, she's like, all these operas have terrible plots, Aaron, I'm never going to go again. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to argue with her on that one. <laughs> yeah. I don't well, know. It's not my fault you hate Pacini, Aaron. I, I, I've seen a decent amount. I'm like, I don't, I, I, I think my, my wit's end broke when I saw uh, Fanchula de la Vest. And I was like, why, why does this exist? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't need a, I don't need a Pacini Western. <laughs> Pacini, I will say, like, in his, I, I'm not a huge... He's not my favorite, clearly, because he didn't make my list at all. But, like, that guy could write some melodies, and he could definitely, like, he mastered the whole orchestra upswell, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but the it's romantic like, musical gesture. It's true, but it's also, I've always felt, and I don't know why this is the case when I like Wagner so much, but I've always felt that, that Puccini was just, like, just too over the top. At least Wagner backed it up with a plot. You know? It's opera. <laughs> it's got to be like really big. I mean, Wagner, too over the top. Wagner's not too over the top. But Wagner had a plot. Okay. okay. I mean, maybe he had arguably had too much of a plot. <laughs> or a lot of intricacies to those plots. Yeah, that's the way I like it. Complicated, <laughs> intricate, super, uh, super chromatic. It's the best. Well, then you should love Popea. There's I do. Really there's a great chromatic madrigal in Popea. Oh, I am with I am a hundred percent with you that, that that is like easily one of my top operas. I just don't know why people don't do that one more often. Like I guess probably because there are a ton of characters, there are like a gazillion of them. Uh, but I mean, why not? Like it's just, it's really good. You don't need that big of an orchestra. You know? I don't know either. I like honestly, I listen to Monteverdi, or I listen to Monteverdi and pre 18th century music more than I listen to anything else. By see, a lot. So you guys see, look at that, perfect. A plus. This is what I go <laughs> you for. Get, you, here's your grade, Aaron. For there this it podcast. is. It's an A. It's an A plus. Can you all tell in the, the end of the semester here? Yeah. God. <laughs> Ah. Anybody got any summer plans besides staying at home? Teaching? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Yep. No. Nope. Well, Not really. Any anything else from the from the from the pulpit or anything? Anybody else want to say anything about their favorite yeah. opposites? Look, I, I learned a lot. Actually, but go ahead, John. I actually got a good one. So when you brought up Tosca, it made me think of I gotta do a shout out because I'm talking opera. So I have to do a shout out to my mom, Mary Chittam, who works at uh, Lake George Opera in the 60s and 70s, 60s, 
60s um as a various stagehand tech person doing summer stock and then she worked at milwaukee opera in the 70s as a costumer and she told lots of great stories and when you said tosca remind me of my favorite story from her which involves the lake george opera and a tosca who when she jumped from the <clears throat> jumped from the parapets bounced <clears throat> and took down a little bit of the scenery uh <laughs> which is just embarrassing and crazy. But it really made me think of uh, 20th century opera with strong female characters, Robert Ward's The Crucible, based on Arthur Miller's The Crucible, which is a oh, fantastic I've opera. I've heard great things about that opera. I haven't mm. listened That is a fantastic Not opera. And also a couple of different strong female characters. Not good people per se yeah but i was gonna say i don't think they're i don't think they're great people <laughs> never said good. Good. strong That's yeah we like know the knight <laughs> yeah we know the knight's a very strong character she's not good How, well yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> actually arguably i would say she's the heroine but whatever that's a different discussion we can have well, I'm just fascinated by all these choices and the thing that i like the most about it everyone bravo is that we're you know, there, of course, there's some guilty pleasures on there, but they're really thinking outside the box, I think. It's pretty it's pretty nice oh, yeah. to see. You know, it's not, you know, Carmen and Traviata and Boheme and, you know. The same five. Right, the yeah. same five over and over and over. Well, that's the thing is I think it's nice when you can actually, it, I, I understand the need to have, to have money-making operas and, like, I'm not going to want to, and I don't want to like stop anyone from having those, but you also should definitely be striving for, striving for more. Like I, I feel bad. The fact that I have never seen, I have never had access to see any of John's operas live period in any of the places I've lived. Yeah. Like that's, that's sad. Yeah, no, I think, and I don't know. I mean, and shout out to the Casey lyric that does try to do, a newish opera every year, you know, yeah. I mean, cause they don't have to do that. That's for sure. So shout out to them for that. Appreciate yeah. that. It's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, that's going to do it for the show for today. Thank you so much for listening to the DKC podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And, you know, we're still going to be putting out content. And once this thing is over, who knows how long we'll be putting out more articles and stuff. So look for videos and articles and things from our website. Um, any last words, anybody? Uh, I'll say we're going to have some articles dropping next Friday, May 1st. So cool. check it out. Check out those articles. Woo. Cool. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, guys. This is the podcast, and we're going to get out of here. And, uh, you know, just keep washing your hands. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks, every, everyone. Not just guys, but everybody. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Megan. Thank you. Bye. Cool. Thanks. All right. Bye, everybody.